Hello there. You're listening into conversations with leaders across City on a Hill who are sharing their wisdom for life. As a church, we're in the book of Proverbs, which is guiding us to be knowing Jesus and making Jesus known. And what is our proverbial parlay today? Well, maybe to go along with that tasty intro music, let's give us some lyrics. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. That's right. We're talking about wisdom in friendship. And we've got a room full of friends right now. Say hello to Em, mm. to Britt, and to Pat. Welcome, everyone. Hello. Don't hold dog at once. <laughs> we, we outdoing one another in showing honor right now. And I was just like, I don't want to be the first to speak. <laughs> oh, no, we all spoke. It must have oh, just well. cancelled out on the sound. <laughs> it was a perfectly good Hello. It was. <laughs> well, it that was. just goes to show how excellent the friendship is then. You're just perfectly in sync and in unison. There's obviously a lot of wisdom that's going to come. I'm looking forward to hearing it all. How are we doing? Nice. Yeah. yeah, good save. That was good. <laughs> that Smooth, was good. Totally I feel like <laughs> that's right. Um, I feel like we're kind of here with like Sydney Hills resident friends. Uh, we had you guys here last season on looking at community and the importance of community in the Christian walk. Uh, mm. And so now we're like, oh, we should get them back for friendship uh, and talk and dive a little bit deeper into the wisdom behind these things. But an easy one to start off with, mm. guys. And Louis, you as well. Uh, what is one of your favorite things about your friends? Good question. Um, I think the being known piece is like really big for me, um, and I think that that it's it's like it's maybe when you say that or hear it, it seems so serious, but when someone knows you to understand actually when you're joking and actually when you're in a sour mood or like um mm. like I've loved you know developing a friendship with Louis over a couple of years and and being able to be like when it's him and I in the room, we know we know like what the temperature is, I guess spiritually. Yeah. <laughs> nice. or, you know, like Immediately. Yeah, that's right. And it and it's like the <laughs> being known piece is actually quite quite a nice thing um to be don't have mm. with other I think that's what distinguishes kind of a friend from a, an acquaintance there. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll build on that. I, yeah, I think there's that uh, being known. There's just that ability to be raw as well, right? Like just to be completely mm. um, frank. You'd, there's a sense of um, uh, this is not a good way of putting it, but it's the only way that I've got in my brain right now. Uh, but you can just, there's no, um, you, you're not performing. Yeah. It's just, yeah, you, you're not sitting. There's not a sense of like, oh, what is this person going to think about me if I make this joke that's slightly risque? Um, you just, you know, Pat loves those jokes, and so we fully embrace them. But, um, and I sometimes tell one as well. Um, <laughs> it's interesting. I was reading this week um, about friendship, and I was talking about how in friendship, there's sort of this like, there's not the same sense of duty that exists as maybe if you are a spouse or a parent or, a you know, a child. Um, yeah. In some aspects, because it's not based on a role, um, it's just purely based on I like this person. I want to be around this person. Um, I mean, we could probably talk about lots about intentionality and friendship. I'm sure we will. But in general, you just kind of get loved for who you are or it's almost mm-hmm. like uh, you've been, so like, you know, 
in this relationship, you don't have to be anyone but yourself um, because you're not there to perform a particular function. Um, and so I just thought that was not how I would have categorized friendship. But then I thought about it. I was like, yeah, I just get to be me. I'm just here in this friendship as Brit, not a colleague, you know, not a family member, not a, but just, just me. Mm-hmm. And when your friends choose you and never invest in you just as you, how nice. That's good. What's that funny quote? It's like, um, friendship is God's mercy for family. It's like, <laughs> but uh like in saying that like, a lot of my family are my friends so if you're listening sorry um <laughs> i think there is something to that because it kind of goes off what you're saying Brit. like it's the family you choose it's the old idiom hmm. yeah what do you like about friendship i think it's the um i think what you guys were saying about being known and i think maybe adding to that is just that being loved anyway <laughs> like I know you and I'm loving you anyway um and maybe because of that maybe because of the fact that I actually know you deeply and know the mess and have sat in the mess or have sat at the pub and had the tears or gone for the walks and had the frustrations um there's that like that commitment even if it's me Mm-hmm. Um, or but also like I think sometimes it's because it's messy like because it's like oh you're being honest enough to share with me what's really going on let me let me love you well because um, just friends are great like I'm a huge fan of friends <laughs> um, and yeah it doesn't get talked about enough it doesn't get uh, I don't think it gets like deed up enough in churches and in Christian we like harp on community I think really well and we um back family as we should really well but i think it's that next step of like but what about the friends what about um yeah maybe you don't need any more friends but there could be someone around you who does um and so what does it look like to sacrificially sacrificially love the people around you so maybe let's go there like what does it look like within christian community that intentionality within friendships of how do we get there like We've said what we love. What like what's the wisdom behind that, and that helps us get to that mm, with people. Great question. I mean, I think part of the intentionality. I think you were there when we we don't talk about friendship very much. Um, there's like a quote that C.S. Lewis has about how like lovers always talk about their love, but and it's like friendships, like friends never talk about their friendship. Like it's not mm. something that we often define it's not something that we often dwell on it just kind of happens and we do it um and I think I mean there's a beauty in that that there's something so sort of organic about friendship in many ways but I think you do have to be you do have to be intentional and it does help to actually think through yeah what does it look like to be a good intentional friend um I was thinking about what for me what it is that is and I was like I think it's the it's the idea of showing up you show up for each other or maybe you give of yourself. Mm. Um, I mean, that's the model that we get. I don't know if I meant to go to Jesus just yet or if that's the landing of the well, plane. But you can always go to Jesus. It's like that's the model. Like uh, <laughs> Friendship is sacrificial. The way that we love and do life with one another is sacrificial in so many different realms, and that includes friendship. And so it's a, it's a giving of yourselves. And so it's a – I think that so often looks like a showing up. Like you show up with your time. You show up with – and you think through, well, this person, like probably being intentional – Maybe in the same way that you would when you like start dating someone and it's like, okay, 
how does this person uh, receive love? How does this person show love? Like, how do I best serve this person? Maybe you think about it for your kids. Um, we think about it for our families. Um, I know we talk about love languages so much and like, oh, sometimes we overdo it. But in general, like it's still applicable to our friends. What does it look like to show up for my friend? Um, Emily, you know me well. You know that showing up for me is not, I don't want to hug, but what I really close already. <laughs> but what I do want is like, I just need you to help me. Like it's acts of service. It's things that are going to help me with my life. It's making me a meal when I don't have time to cook for myself and things like that. But just that intentionality of showing up, I think is really in a way that is helpful and serves the other person mm. and thinking through, how do I do that for my friends? Well, Yeah, it's good. But how does that um how has int- how has intentionality helped you like when thinking through like I want to be not just a good friend but like a wise friend for the people around you. Um and the people that you've worked alongside of I think both in a Christian and a non-Christian setting. Um like thinking about your life pre-Jesus um and yeah, just the spaces that you've been in. Yeah, I think um, when Brie was chatting, and actually something you said before, Emily, as well, like we have a whole bunch of resources on marriage and raising kids and all these other relationships, but friendship is not as talked about. And I think one of the things I've been discovering, especially lately, it's actually quite a hard thing to do, um, where f- friendship is like quite tricky, especially the older that you get. And I was telling you about it with Nick um, Coombs just a couple of hours ago because we were talking about you know this coming up and how when you're younger, you just naturally have heaps of friends because your life circumstance, you're in that forming yeah. stage, you've got like a million different friendship circles, you're heavily involved in people's lives, you've got all the time in the world. Um, like I've got tattoos on my body from friendship circles back in the day that I have no idea if those people are alive or dead right now. Like I just don't have it. <laughs> That's another wisdom podcast for another time. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, and, it, and it's funny that in that moment you're like, oh, like mm-hmm. we're be friends, but now I, yeah, so I don't, I don't even know if they're alive. Oh, they are. Um, and it's, it's a strange thing how it kind of ebbs and flows and changes. And I found that, like, I mean, I'm not old, but the older I've got, the more intentional you need to be, and um, you have to like think about it and work on it so much more than what I thought you ever did. Uh, and I think, yeah, it's, it's been actually really awesome because this year has been a bit of a focus for me on this topic particularly because I think I've, I've just discovered that I'm probably more lonely than I thought I was. And, you know, um, because of having young kids, you just end up like if you've got time off, that's where your attention goes. It's actually more effort to catch up with a mate. So it's, it's a harder thing to do. Mm. Um, so yeah, I've been trying to be intentional with my friends and it's been super rewarding just to ask them, Hey, what is your love language? Like how, you know, how can I show you acts of service as a mate with no time or whatever? Um, and that's been, it's been really special and see to see that reciprocated as well. It's been, mm-hmm. it's been really cool. So I think there is like wisdom in thinking about it as not something that just comes naturally. And if you're young listening to this, I mean, enjoy it just mm-hmm. like that, but yeah, for older people, maybe thinking about it more as something that you have to actively do and it's not just going to happen to you. Um, mm. I don't know. 
uh, for the instance that. I feel like I, it's like not letting friendship just be what feels um, like, you know, if often it gets pushed out because we're not intentional about it. It's what we do and we, it gets pushed out by all the other demands. So we only invest in friendships when we feel like we have time, which in our culture is so rare because time is such a precious commodity. Um, and like not letting it just be the thing that's the filler or the last thing that we put into our lives, I think is helpful. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, Britt uh, and Pat, you both talk about intentionality there and um, uh, like the concept of a marriage uh, or like dating. Um, I think that's actually a really helpful illustration for what friendship is like uh, or what good friendship is like. And even from my own experience, um, you know, I've, uh, one of the, I've got a close friend here, um, here in the surf coast, here in Torquay. We do lots of things together uh, and we, you know, friendship, you often fall into it, right? Uh, C.S. Lewis talks about, you know, the, what is it? It's the, um, uh, at, the, at the heart of every friendship are the two words, me too. You know, there was a lot mm. of that, like, oh, me too, oh, me too. But as we noticed, we were hanging out more, at, you know, there was a, and the best way to put it really, and um, if you're listening, hey, love you, bro, um, is, is that it was a sense of just like dating. It, what, it was feeling like this awkward, we're mm. not dating yet. Um, now, please, everyone, please hear that is this is illustrative. Um, <laughs> but we we actually had a conversation and we mm. just called it out and we said, hey, this feels like this is a thing. Like we feel like we're really enjoying hanging out. And um, and and I, and I said, I was like, I'd like to hang out more, but I'm worried that if I if I'm texting or calling because we would we call a lot to work some things out or there might be something going on and whatever. And it's just like, and we we literally asked, should we just like just do this? Should we just like fully dive in into like good solid mateship i'm like yeah but like, mm. yeah let's let's do that and like we're on a walk together you know it was super bromantic in so many ways but it was it was also like really clarifying to have that intentionality yeah um and to even um execute that in in real life practice and i remember coming home to esther and be like oh i had this great conversation today with you um and uh it's just like it, i kind of feel like you know when you when you you know it's like that that childhood like oh I like hanging out with you you like hanging out with me oh we should hang out more you know well like <laughs> it's a thing now like it's just like you know yeah. if if there was a Facebook status of like in a friendship you know not in a relationship yeah. it was kind of like that turning the corner um, were you DTR'd I, with your friend yeah what's that DTR'd. I said you DTR'd with your friend like you defined the relationship. And oh, that's, that's really an acronym. Beautiful. Wow. He's been married too long. He doesn't know all yeah. the acronyms. I don't, I don't know what that means. Well, yeah. we <laughs> def- defined the relationship. Is that a thing? Yeah. You've defined the that's, relationship. That's another podcast. <laughs> that's another topic that we're covering today. That's so funny because <laughs> all I'm hearing is, did we just become best friends? Yep. Do you want to go yeah. to the garage? Yep. Always. <laughs> 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 yeah but yeah there's a can i ask a, a question then um yeah <laughs> i think what we're talking about being quite intentional it takes time it takes intentionality obviously we don't have unlimited capacity what you just described louis you can't do that with everyone um yeah. is there what's the wisdom i've been trying to think this through this week then so i think there's acquaintances that we have there's companionship there's lots of people in our in our lives potentially that we are crossing paths with like there's a psychological theory, Dunbar's number, that we have about 150 
relationships that we hold on average in our life. But not every one of those 150 is going to be what you just described, Louis. Mm-hmm. So what I'd love to know your like your insights in like what's the wisdom in um like we're called to love one another, but I th- but clearly this is something that's uh, got a it's not going to be for everyone. Like you're not going to love like this with everyone. Mm. So like, how do we approach that then? Mm. I am keen to hear your thoughts. Certainly a good one to open up to the room. Um, I mean, best place to run to is Jesus. Um, like you look at his relationships and I guess his networking. Um, I'm using like Tyrannosaurus Rex quotation marks um, for those that appreciate the visual medium um, of the podcast. <laughs> so Jesus had, you know, there was... Uh, he had the crowds that followed him and then he had the disciples be collective, but then he had his chosen 12 and he did a lot of life with these 12, but then he had his three, um, you know, and then he just had, then there was, then there's something, there is something special with even just John, right? The disciple whom Jesus loved. John gets to write a gospel, three letters, and then gets like the revelation. Like John, mm. John had like a pretty special thing going on there. Um, so, uh, I, I don't know who Dunbar is, but, um, uh, I maybe yet, I think Jesus models that there's these particular levels and, um, maybe that's just, maybe it's just an awareness of those categories helps us steward our time well. And, and not that we're always trying to label like, oh, you're one of my three and you're one of my dwells. You're one of the crowd in my life. Um, (laughs) but there's probably, there's probably something to that in, in once you, once you are able to sort of. Uh, helpfully archi- uh, have that architecture of your understanding of the people around you and then I guess even pursue find a commonality and in the intentionality of the way you have those conversations um, with those people um, uh, and of course some, some of it is just unorganized you know it's just the seasons of life we work in a particular place for a while then we move on or we yeah. another job or someone else moves away and but uh, yeah, I think it's important that we pursue that and um, and see it played out. I don't know if that's helpful, Britt, but maybe that's that. That's how I think. I mean, I would say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Pat M, can you throw some some proverbial wisdom onto the uh, the fire of our conversation of insight? <laughs> yeah, I um, I can get my, <laughs> sorry, I can get myself in a bit of trouble with this because, um, like I like you three, believe in eternity. And believe that the four of us are going to be friends forever. Like, which is a really beautiful thing. And when you think about it and dwell on it, it's like we're starting something which will not only continue forever, but be, be, be perfected one day. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, Keller has his line in, in his marriage book about when you're standing, like being married is looking at your spouse and seeing these moments of what they're going to be like in eternity. And then one day we're going to see them in full glory and be like, oh, I got a taste of that. And I, I, mm-hmm. Everybody finally gets to see the beauty that I got to see like every day um, of how you are actually going to be. I really agree with that. And I think it's similar with friendships where it's like um, when I know you three and I see how beautifully you love people and how wise and generous and and caring you are, I kind of want to tell everybody, you should really be friends with these people uh, because they're, they're just so wonderful. But with that, it actually, the Dunbar Siri thing, um, I think I'm saying his name wrong, but I I really resonate with that because we we can't and I think he he paints the picture like you've got a bus and mm. the, is that every time you meet someone, especially in like my job, I meet new people every Sunday. 
So they get on the bus and unless I'm intentional, someone just got off. And um, so I'm like pretty, I guess, guess ruthlessly intentional about who's hopping off the bus. And sometimes it's like the people who I love the most, I'm saying, I love you so much. I love our friendship. The reality is, is that we got eternity with Jesus together. And that's going to be awesome. So for the next couple of years, you know, let's let's not. Um, and that is like a really hard thing because they're the relationships I want to cling to. But mm. I'm going to keep on killing any prospect of future relationships if I think I can have 400 friends where I can't because mm. I'm so, so limited in that. And, um, yeah, it's like as... Um, yeah, I mean, I could talk about this for ages, but there, I, I find that conversation actually really helpful to be intentional and not to just let it happen organically. Because when it happens organically, you know how you've got that friend, and they they might think you're their best friend, but you're not their best friend, and that's a and that can be a really awkward thing. So just trying to be open up with people. I think, I mean, I don't have a proverb off the top of my head, but I know that there are proverbs that talk about. Um, that a, a like a wise friend, sorry, a, a good friend is a wise friend and like actually mm-hmm. deliberate and having these conversations. I really should have thought about a problem before opening my mouth then. But um, yeah, I'm sure if someone can pull one out. Well, there's, 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 uh, there's a man of many companions may come to ruin, but mm. there's a friend who s- sticks closer than a brother. There um, you go. And I think the wisdom there, it, I guess, is sort of, um, you can spread yourself too thin um, mm. and you, it can just get, you can find yourself in a crowd as opposed to in a um, a couple of significant relationships. Um, yeah, that's, um, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of wisdoms that I think I, I, you know, what you're sort of saying, Pat, that, that not only what is it, what is the wisdom in starting friendships, but uh I wouldn't say I wouldn't say stopping, but like, how do you uh, how do you say goodbye for now, but not forever? And I think we see this. You know, I, I moved house a lot when I was a kid, um, and even you know, if you mm. studied or something like that, you sort of find yourself at a couple of different churches. You end up with these friends that live in another town or you know another state or something like that, and it's just like it's hard to uh, <laughs> mm. to maintain that, and you sort of find yourself just like, oh, I think I need to invest where I am right here, right now, because. The, mm. That's often it's the places where you're spending the quantity time that lead to quality friendships. Um, yeah, and I think it's just um, something that I have heard a lot on a podcast that I listen to, where she's very intentional with the community that she builds around mm. her. Is that clarity is kindness, mm. um, and maybe that comes along with what you were saying, Pat. Um, it's not a Bible proverb, but I think probably a proverb in its own little right. Um, but just like that's helpful with friendships, um, that, uh, to be able to be clear and to articulate expectations, um, because there are like, I might have these certain expectations of Brit, but if I never communicate that to her as my friend and then she, um, she doesn't know what to do with them, then it's really hard for us to then be able to like kind of meet in that. Um, and so it's just like, like, how do you give clarity and recognize that that's actually me being really kind to my friends around me 
um, and to the new people or the old people who are in my life. Um, and like, who are, who are those old, like, cause you can't make old friends, <laughs> you know, like you can't like, that's just not something that you can, I can't meet you and you become an old friend. Um, and so there's like, you don't want it to be a time bound thing like that rotation. I don't, I don't think that's what, um, what you're saying, Pat, but I think there's that intentionality then of, oh, I, I see you and actually I can see that you really need friends and like not in a pathetic like I don't mean that in a pathetic way but just recognizing like you have people around you and you're like oh like you've just recently moved to Melbourne Mm. great you're clearly gonna need some friends like how can I come alongside of you and love you in that um and then that's between me and the Lord on how I then manage that like that's not your problem to absorb but that's my opportunity then to be like how can I intentionally love you and what does that look like more broadly than just in this moment? Um, I think I, I've heard it in a few um, evangelism seminars that I've been a part of where I've been pretty ruthlessly told, like, you shouldn't have Christian friends. You should only have non-Christian friends because you'll have your Christian friends in heaven. Um, but the people around you who don't know Jesus need people to tell them about Jesus. And I kind of walked away and I was like, oh, I think that's too far. <laughs> I don't think that that's helpful. I don't think that that's wise advice um, at all. So don't hear me saying that. Um, but I think there's, it's so important to have friends around us who are going to point mm-hmm. us to Jesus. I, I like, wonder if Paul the Apostle had any Christian friends. Right. <laughs> right. And so like, it was one of the- who, who was running this seminar? Like, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't matter. Um, it, was, it doesn't matter. Sorry. But it was just one of those things where I was like, no, like I need- I need friends to help me love Jesus more. Um, I have a question that I ask a lot of people that I learned from Brian Rosner, like kind of like asking them, like, what's kept you following Jesus? Um, like instead of your salvation story, it's kind of like your continuation story. Like your, um, and like for me, a huge part of that is the family that I have been adopted into. Um. Like it is obviously God's grace and all of that, which is very true and abounding and would be true if I was not surrounded by anyone who loved Jesus. But there is real value in helping people around you know who Jesus is. And that's the people who don't know him yet. And it's the people who do. Um, Like we see in Matthew 5, where it talks about like be a light to the world around you. Like it's, it's a call to everyone, uh, like be a light so that everyone around you can can see, um, and that includes our brothers and sisters and those who don't know him yet. Um, and I think there's wisdom in that in helping us live balanced lives. Um, and so I think that's my I think that's my answer to your question, Britt, <laughs> is like when thinking about like that number and like how do you make wise decisions, it's recognizing it needs to be both. Mm-hmm. Um, and clarity helps that happen. What's the wisdom then in, we're kind of talking about one in the spectrum of like, what if there's too many competing, um, like, you know, there's so many people in your life potentially or like, yeah, how do we work out the number of friends? But as we've talked about the beauty of being known, the beauty of having these deep relationships, what about the people listening who are like, I would love that and I don't have that at all? Like there's a study that came out of America recently and it was like, 
10% of women and 15% of men say they don't have a single friend. Mm. Um, and so I guess what what do we do then? Like maybe this is a bit of a painful discussion for some people who are like, well, I don't even have one. Yeah. Um, what, what do we, what wisdom have we got for that scenario? Mm, good question. Sorry, I just, uh, yeah. I'm not the host, sorry. Brit's <laughs> like, I'm going to come with all my questions. I just have to like, bring this. Wait, he's yeah, great. What do you think? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what do I think? I mean, just, yeah, genuinely. I mean, I think it's maybe like the community conundrum a little bit. You know, people are like, I want really good community. Um, and so part of that is, all right, we'll go and be good community. And I don't mean to that means that like, all the onus on them but I guess I would say to someone like if you want friends um often we have to take active proactive steps and maybe one thing for us is if a really great part of friendship you said it before Louis is that uh, oh you too like it's that things you have in common what a beautiful thing in the church that we have the deepest thing in common um and so I would recommend getting involved and not because this isn't just a secret plug because it's like hey let's fill a roster but if you love Jesus and then you go and join a particular ministry team, maybe it's kids ministry, and so they also love kids, or maybe you join the like mm. sound team, and so they also love sound stuff. I don't know. That's like music. music. Oh yeah, sorry, that's a more obvious. Like yeah, the music team. I guess I love music. The host team. Again, I'll probably love people like you do. And so maybe there's that opportunity there to then start finding those like kindred spirits, as I like to think of them. Um, and I know that's hard and I know that is un- like can be uncomfortable. Um, and particularly when you're lonely, that just exhausts you. Maybe like, I'm constantly putting myself out there, but I think maybe there's some real beauty. Um, that's a place to start, I think. Mm. Yeah, I think that's I really, really like um, the, the piece about like a, a good way to kind of fix it is to kind of throw your hat in the ring. Um, and, you know, like you said, the loneliest people live in live in the busiest cities. I think there's a lot of evidence to suggest that people who live in small rural towns actually feel closer and more connected to people than those who live in our cities. And so don't hear us, I guess, because all of us on this podcast have like obviously a lot to do with a lot of people. Um, but yeah, this like loneliness has been a thing that I've been struggling with this year, and it's and it's been a really confusing one because I've I know heaps and heaps of people, but it's that known being known piece. I've found being a new dad is like an incredibly lonely space. And mm. um, so, yeah, it's it's just because someone also looks busy or looks like they, you know, have a, a lot of people around them. It's not necessarily the case. But that um, finding that BFS, I think, is a... It's like something that we're all searching for and it's a bit of a hopeless task as well if all your hope is in it, similar to the marriage piece or, um, you know, the, whatever you're trying to find, your hope and desire, like it'll ultimately only be fulfilled in Jesus. And I know it sounds cliche to say, but it's like it has to be said. Um, mm. There's a lot of us can, can try to fit that round hole with a square peg. Um, and so, yeah, like starting there and, and, and building that relationship with him is obviously the key but the like i think it's friendship as i said before has to be worked on and i think the jumping on a serving roster and being next to people or 
you know, going out of your way to do um, the things that are outside the Sunday gathering. If you're looking, especially in the church context, about I feel like church, um, you know, you think about a Sunday, that's actually the biggest moment that everybody is together and it's probably the most counterproductive time to try and make friends. Um, you want to be looking at the all the other things that happen in the life of the church community is actually where you're going to get those moments. So things like church camps or, as you said before, serving rosters or um, community events. Like that, that is where you actually go and see people in the in the wild, I guess, as opposed to on the, on a Sunday, which has a special place and it's definitely how you can meet people. But um, yeah, so I don't, I'm often encouraging people on Sundays to have like um, outward looking vision, and because a, a moment that we had in our church was a lot of people felt really lonely, and I kept on hearing this like, "Oh, no one talks to me, no one talks to me." And then I really like was lamenting it, but then I realized mm-hmm. they're all sitting, standing next to each other, not talking to each other. And so the the solution was just to like start talking, <laughs> and that and that sounds really simple and easy to do, but it isn't. Uh, but yeah, putting yourself out there in those moments and and saying, oh, "I'm Pat, I'm interested in the weirdest stuff. What are you interested in?" Um, yeah, it's 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 a weird thing. We're not really well trained for it, are we? No. Yeah, um, yeah, Pat, uh, Pat, uh, Brett, you answered your question. I'm thinking, I mean, we're heading down a, I guess, a practical line. I think that's something that's really significant to say about people that don't have friends and would love more friends and to lean into that space would be, I'd, I'd, I think it's really important to start with prayer, um, and to pray and ask that God would give us people in our lives that will encourage us and support us and, and looking for the right people as well. Um, you know, because uh, you know God already knows the desires of our hearts, and God, you know, if He can, if He's putting us in a, in a, in a, I know M before you said, you know, we're adopted into this beautiful family, um, and it's within that family that our, I guess, it's not a kindred spirit; it's the Holy Spirit that unites us, uh, one faith, one baptism, one Lord over all, who is in all and through all. Um, and I think we, yeah, we can start there, and if we are, if we're posturing ourselves first before, hey, God. You know what I, you know what I want, and you know what I need. Um, mm. could, could you so please richly provide? Um, and I trust that you can, because you've already provided me eternal salvation. Like, wow. Um, and there's even something beautiful in that prayer of humbly submitting ourselves to God and just saying, "I'm here, and I trust you." Mm. Even in that very posture, it's just like, man. Like once you drag that through the prayer, you kind of like. Mm. I don't want a friend as much as I did in a way. Um, but it, it, there's, a, there's something about that realigns our heart in the sense of, you know, n- nothing will separate us from the love of Christ. Um, and then, yeah, the, for, for God to give us someone that's going to refine us. Um, yeah, it's pretty special. Pat, you, are, you raised a hand. That's, that's New Face <laughs> Podcast. See that hand. Did I, I see that hand. I'm, I'm yes and amening exactly what you're saying, Louis, and, and take it a step, I think, more simply. Uh, one of my best friends is my sister-in-law. She's a weapon, um, Louisa, and she. I was talking to her about kind of this concept, and she gave me the best advice, which was, um, when I'm feeling lonely, I pray for God to give me a moment. So it's not a person, mm. like mm. a moment of good interaction. And I thought that was so profound because, like, a person is such an epic like 
uh, as great thing to be praying for for like a close friend. But she's she's been praying for moments, and I've been now praying for these as well. Moments of like feeling the love tank fill up through a friend, mm. and that, I could so encourage you to pray for that because it. Mm. Um, and it's one of those things that when you're doing, you know, like what ways when you're doing your prayer diary, if you do one, you kind of like what ways was that answered? Wow, that was a really intentional friendship moment that made me feel on top of the world. Like, thanks so much, God, for that. And it can, it, it's almost like, yeah, if, even if you haven't got that amazing best friend yet, uh, you can, you can see these small mercies. So that would be my other thing to break beach moments as well. It's great, Pat. Hey, I'm going to leverage Brit, your statistic. What was it? 10%, whatever it was. People are lonely, right? Um, that was and men more so, apparently. Men, men more so. But that, I believe it. Another discussion. <laughs> um, you know what is it? Th- 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 that's also it's it's a it's a crushing st- statistic. St- mm. Left my tongue at home. I'm sorry. It's a crushing statistic. Oh man, I still can't do it. Um, I apologize, everyone. The editors will, <laughs> and they fix this. They can give a list and they take a list away. Um, oh, my <laughs> Anyway, um, but doesn't that doesn't that tell us something? Because that's that's a that's a that those are stats taken across. Yeah, that's data taken across a wide society, at which we also know the stats on who who is who are not believers of Jesus. There's one sense we lament those statistics. Got it. Uh, the second part is though that we um, opportunity, right? Mm. Opportunity for the gospel. Um, when you think about um, gospel-centered friendship, the mm. unconditional inclusion that we have been received into, Jesus says, "I now call you my friends," and we can offer that to the world. Like, what do you? What goes through your guys' minds when you think about that? When you go, "Wow, the world's lonely." Like, and hey, we ha- not only have a solution, but we have an eternal, like, an an eternally good news for these people. Like. How do you do? You, do you guys see something playing out in that? Is that, um, you know, what's what goes through your mind just to sort of throw that one out there? Yeah, it's a great observation. We have a like a little catchphrase that we've often said is that often people belong before they believe, and so we have people coming to church who are just they're there because they're lonely, and actually, what's going to draw them in is community first. Mm. Um, and I think there's such a beautiful opportunity in that though because. Part of that belonging that then leads to believing is that they're shown the love through mm-hmm. people that yeah. models to them or shows them Jesus' love. Like I remember once just having a friend be so incredibly generous, like generous beyond, um, yeah, beyond I was like, whoa, that's insane. And then I had this moment where I was like, whoa, that is the same generosity that Jesus shows me. It just felt excessive. It felt lavish. It felt undeserved. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my my friends in that moment modeled to me um, the love of Jesus. And so I think what an opportunity when these people come to church. And I think that just going back to the number of friends, like Proverbs obviously has this picture of deep friendship that you can only have with a few. But if we think about Dunbar's number, let's keep some like seats free on our bus. Let's keep some space available for that to be able to show people who we know who need to see that love of Jesus. Um, because just the way that we love each other, the way that we do friendship, mm-hmm. and maybe in a world that doesn't, I don't want to like say, oh, all the whole secular world sucks at friendship. That's not necessarily true. But mm. generally speaking, we can be, generally as humans, pretty poor in the way that we treat each other or 
in a time poor world, um, in a world of just a busy culture, this is an area we can get really slack. But we want an opportunity if we loved sacrificially, mm. if we gave up our time, if we gave up um, of ourselves, if we practice forgiveness, uh, which also is a bit countercultural, like all of these things are just going to show Jesus in such a tangible way. Mm. And I think that's going to help the person who's looking for belonging becoming to believing like I think mm. and yeah friendship is just and I look back over my life like mm. I'm just so like I will always say unbelievably my friends are one of God's greatest gift to me and mm. one of the biggest evidence of his grace is the friends that I've had um and so I think there's so much power in how we treat one another mm. um and the influence that we can have on each other's lives like that that building up that Paul mm. talks about constantly in the New Testament like um Oh, it's life changing, and so we could we mm. can do that through our friendships. Yeah, I think um, like the belong versus believe thing. I think that was a big part of my testimony. I can't remember if I shared it during the community one, but I'll share it again. One of the things that really, like, my jaw was on the floor when I was a, I guess, a non-Christian visiting a church. Was a, there was a CEO and or up there in finance of like a, a, a bigger um, corporation, standing next to a guy who I knew to be living in social housing, standing next to a guy who is uh, CEO of a Christian blind mission. And I was chatting with them all after and I was just like, you don't get this out of places. Like, <laughs> like, usually, like you know, um, this guy would have his mates on the golf club, this guy would have his mates in you know, his swimming club and this guy would have his mates on the street. But the cool thing about the church is that it, it is just there is no delineation or there shouldn't and there's a lot of room to wiggle because you actually share your most core thing um, with everybody in the room. And like another weird example of this is that um, last year my oldest friend became a Christian after um, a long time, 30-something years like away, and I was saying to him for the first time I feel like he knows me. Like we've known each other for a really, really long time and we know everything about each other and like too much in a way. <laughs> yeah. But it's um the now I feel like when I talk to him, he gets me. Whereas mm. the last ten years it's been like this almost almost combat combative and mm. there's this part of me which I've been like, Yeah, but mate, you just don't quite get it because like my 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 motivation isn't what you think it is. And like um yeah, like I'm not doing this tokenistically. Like this is who I am. And now because it's who he is, like our friendship is just the depths of it is mm. just, just growing. And we, it's not like we speak every day, but um, yeah, it's a really beautiful thing to actually finally know him and him know me. Mm. Cool thing. And it's just something really attractive. Um, it was brought up in actually a chapel this morning at college where she was just like, it's really wonderful when there are people living out their faith on their own, like their little lights that work. She's like, but when they're all together, there's something really tra- attractive about a group of light. Kind of like one star is really cool, but when you get out to the country and you can actually see all of the stars or you're down the coast and you can look up and you can see all the stars without um, like light pollution infiltrating, like it's really beautiful and there's something um that makes that draws you to that, and I think that is something that um, friendships between believers can do 
for those who do not yet believe in who Jesus is. Hmm. It can be, it's compelling, it's attractive, it's sacrificial, it's different because, like you said, Pat, it's full of all these people who maybe on paper shouldn't be friends. But the thing that's actually the most important about each of them is in common. Um, we have a we have a gospel community here at Melbourne who um, a lot of them aren't from Melbourne, so they're kind of each other's group, <laughs> like as in they don't really have family here, so they've really had to lean on each other for a lot of different things. And there's some people within the group who, whenever they do a social, are really intentional to invite their neighbours and who don't know Jesus, who uh, maybe like a little bit like negative towards the church, but just want to include them and be like, well, these are our friends and we also like, you want to have more friends, so why don't you come along to the pub when we go do this or if we go watch the soccer or go to a trivia night, like why don't you just come along? And now for like a good two years, they've really come alongside this gospel community and like they don't probably realise that a lot of the people in the group deeply love them, praying for them constantly. And in like this really weird and miraculous turn of events, like a couple of weeks ago, someone in the group was telling me, they just kind of came up and were like, hey, I've got a ton of questions about Jesus, about all of this. Can we talk about it? Like, can you answer all of my questions? And it was like a couple hour conversation. And I think, and they have said to them multiple times, like, your friends are just so kind to us. Like, they're so welcoming. Like, that has not been my experience of church. That has not been my experience of Christians. Um, and so to be able to see that reflected through friendship and see, like, Jesus is being made known <laughs> to them. Like, it's not, hey, do you want to read the Bible? Let me, like, tell you about it. But it's like, hey, come in be a part of this, hear us pray over our meal or watch us gather or come to church at Christmas, but you know people. And it's just, it's so cool. It's those like long drips of patience, of playing the long game. And God uses his children to draw people to himself. We've seen that. We're all probably a product of that. And I think it's cool that he does that within friendship. Mm. Um, and he can and he wants to and he has. Mm. Um, and whether it's the answering the prayer of providing the friend or you being the answer to prayer of being the friend that's being provided, both are really valuable in the gospel going out and transforming lives either for the first time or just again. Don't know. Love it. I get off my little, <laughs> little soapbox. <laughs> well, um, thanks, Em. Uh, thanks, Britt. Thanks, Pat. I reckon we got to call it a call it an episode at this point. I want to keep chatting with my friends, but I'm sure that from listening to this, maybe you want to go chat with some of your friends. Follow up an old friend. Uh, send a text to someone that maybe you're like, maybe I don't know if we are friends. We should suss that out. We should don't define the relationship. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Whatever that acronym is, go and do that cool, <laughs> trendy thing. Um, you should definitely do that. Um, <laughs> but as we finish today, let us not forget that Jesus lived a scandalous lifestyle because he was called the friend of sinners. Mm. And uh, and then Jesus goes on, as we've been talking about, to say to his disciples, by this, people will know uh, you are my disciples by the love you have for one another. Um, which harkens us back 
why don't we close on these familiar verses verses that we had from our last series? Um, Jesus addressing the disciples in John 15. Hear these words as we close out the podcast, words from Jesus Christ. He says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends. Isn't that beautiful? Mm. What a friend we have in Jesus. Go and remember that this day, and uh, we'll chat again soon in our next episode. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Britt. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Pat. Thank you. Bye. Bye.